You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are here today previewing Sunday's key NFC East matchup, which I know sounds really strange with the Giants having three wins, Eagles only having four, but uh, that's what we're doing, and here to to help us do that is... Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Ed, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. It's funny because usually we're not on a podcast together, but we are on a podcast with the same mutual co-host, uh, Rob Sats Guerrero, obviously on the yeah, SB Nation NFL show. Yeah, we, which, which one of the, which one of the, uh, of the shows do you do? I do, I do the, the look ahead on Thursdays with stats and, and you do, uh, which, which one of the shows, Brandon? We, we do the off day debrief on Tuesdays. We call it the oddcast for short because it's fun and it gets weird. But, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> those are the top two shows on the SB Nation NFL show, the, the oddcast and the look ahead. Of, of course they are because they have the best people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about Sunday and, you know, as I said, as I said in my intro, it just, you know, you, you and I have been on opposite sides of, of, of big NFC East games before, but it, it's so weird to consider this a big game when, you know, the Giants have two wins, the Eagles have three, and, and we're heading into week 10 and, to be honest with you, you know, neither one of these teams is playing anywhere near like a playoff team. And yet this game has playoff implications. It's just strange. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it's not three, it's three and a half wins technically because <laughs> of the, time. well, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the number under the W says three, yes. but yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah. And look, I'm not actually proud of that, but, 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 you know, it needs to be considered because when you look at the standings here, you know, all the other teams in the NFC East are what? That, uh, two, they have two wins here. Um, right. it's, it's, it's an incredibly weak division. Uh, the Eagles are not very good, but I mean, yeah, the Giants can gain some ground, a lot of ground really with a, with a win this week over the Eagles. Um, and then really looking at it from an Eagles perspective, it's like they barely need to do anything to actually win this division. I think if they really win like one or two more games and, you know, include this one against the Giants in there, uh, that might be enough to do it. You know, I, I was actually on the, uh, 
the uh, the podcast on, on your network with uh, with John Stolness uh, earlier this week, and and we were talking about how many wins it's going to take to win the East, and could it actually take just six wins to win this division? I think it could take well, again if we're counting the half five and a half, really as low as that, wow. because you know if the Eagles get two more here. I mean, basically, another NFC's team at that point would then have to get four more because they all have mm-hmm. two wins, right, right now. So it's like, do we really even see that? Do we really see? I mean, maybe you think the Giants can get there, and, and maybe, but then even then, okay, so maybe not five, ten, and one, but six, nine, and one probably would at that point, or especially for the Eagles there, because then another team would have to win five games. And I don't think any team in the NFC East is winning five games at this point. No, you're probably right. So if the Eagles can get to Eagles get to six wins and, and and that might do it. So let me ask you about this team. The Eagles are coming in Sunday and and they're coming in a lot healthier season. So with all of the uh, the the reinforcements that the Eagles are are getting on Sunday are you kind of optimistic that that you're going to see a better Philadelphia team not only on Sunday but maybe for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's interesting. The way you phrased it to me helped me kind of put this in perspective. Like you asked me, okay, who from the first Eagles game, Giants game in week seven, which is only <laughs> so close, not that long right, ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, who from that game who was missing might actually be back this week? And it's a long list. I mean, I came up with eleven players. It's Dallas Goddard. It's Isaac Sumalo, it's Alshon Jeffrey, it's Miles Sanders, it's Jalen Rager, it's Jason Peters, it's TJ Edwards, it's Malik Jackson, it's Jack Driscoll, it's Kayvon Wallace, it's Rudy Ford. Now, that's 21% of the Eagles' 53-man roster, so that's a pretty crazy figure. And from that group, uh, not everyone is necessarily a lock to play. I would say Miles Sanders, Malik Jackson, and Isaac Sumalo uh, might be the most, there might be the least likely, but I think Sanders and Smala will actually play, uh, and maybe Lane Johnson could actually be unlikely in there too. We'll see. Um, but in any case, that's like eight starters from that group that the Eagles could potentially be getting back here. Now, I also said to you, I don't really think health alone is a magical fix because the Eagles went 0-2-1 to start the season when they had a number of these guys, and including a very bad week one loss to Washington, who the Giants have beat twice now. So I can't say health alone, you know, fixes everything. I would say it certainly, you know, it gives room for optimism. It improves their outlook, but it's no guarantee. No, but but it has to make you feel better when you've got at least when you're closer to to having the team that you expected to have on the field. Especially, I guess the biggest things are you know if well if Lane Johnson's starting at right tackle and he's able to actually make it through a game healthy, which he hasn't since week three. That's a big deal. Uh, you know he wasn't able to play against Dallas. His knee started to swell up right before the bye. Some weapons here. The Eagles haven't had him uh, since the Ravens game in week six. And uh, Jalen Rager came back against the Cowboys right before the bye. But, you know, that was his first game back. Maybe he's a little bit healthier now after having the extra time to rest. Uh, you know, getting some big playmakers, which is much needed for an offense that has struggled, uh, that could be a big deal. You know, speaking of that that struggling offense, obviously – Carson Wentz play so far this season has not been ideal. It hasn't been, you know, what you would, what you would want and, and what you would expect, 
you know, from a guy who's, who's done, you know, some of the things in the NFL that Wentz has already done in, in his career. I have kind of a theory with, with Wentz and, and let me see if you agree with it, if you can, if you can expand on it or, or have another reason for his struggles. I tend to think that, you know, what happens with a lot of quarterbacks, you get injuries, you lose personnel, the play around you isn't as good as it might have been, you know, in other, in other times, in other years. And maybe you press, maybe you try to do some things that, that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Maybe you feel like you have to make extra plays, like you have to do a little bit more. And, and I wonder, if that's part of it with Carson Wentz, if he's just looking around and saying, I have to take on more, I have to take more risks. And, and, you know, and the result of a lot of those plays just isn't good. Is that part of it with Wentz or, or, or do you see something else with, with his, uh, with his struggles this year? I think that's certainly a factor. I think you can't look at this organization and really say they've done everything they possibly can in good faith to, you know, uh, really try to ensure his success. I don't think you can do that. The Eagles have had, uh, unideal supporting cast throughout his career. They arguably have had the worst receiving core in the league for at least two of his seasons. You know, the offensive line, obviously, this year, it's kind of unlucky a little bit there with injuries and such. Um, but even when, you know, for, or, or I'll put it like this, like for as bad as the offensive line or undeal as it's been, like there's still times you'll see this year where, you know, he has an opportunity where it's a clean pocket where he's kind of, even in the Dallas game most recently, I mean, he rolled out from pressure and he's in the open field and he has a oncoming Dallas defender bearing down on him and he doesn't throw the ball away or get rid of it. He holds on to it and then tries to throw it away or something as he, like he's getting hit and he fumbles it. Like that's just, you know, that's no one's fault but Carson Wentz. And there's been too many times this year where he's made poor decisions. You know, he leads the NFL in uh, turnover-worthy plays by pro football focus. And it's also, like, by the by a large amount, too. I think it's, like, 10 or more than the next quarterback. Like, he's he's been awful this year. He's up to, like, 55 fumbles, I think, in 64 career games. That's always just going to be an issue. And, obviously, Giants fans know that all too well with Daniel Jones and his fumbles. Um, so it's it's a huge issue. I think there's a lot going on. I think it's not just one thing you can, you know, pick and choose and then you fix that. Um, I tend to think that he can't be this bad for the rest of the season just because of what we've seen out of him in his career. We know he's not this player, uh, over the, but I mean, at the same time, like, I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to be an immediate turnaround for him because he's just, he kind of looks broken right now. You know, you mentioned the word confidence and, and I have to, I have to toss this out there because I just find it, I, I find it strange. SB Nation does the SB Nation reacts polls each week. And I know, you know, you generally use some of that for content as do I at Big Blue View. And, and I find it, I, I just, I suppose it's, I should have expected this. I think at one point Eagles fans confidence was down to like 8%. And I think even now, I, I think fans are voting around 30 or 31%. And, and yeah. I just find it odd that, that we see that and, and we see Giants fans confidence with two wins over Washington, which it seems to be the only team they can beat. 
And, and I think Giants fans confidence is sitting at like 74%. And I, I you know, it, it boggles the mind a little bit. And, but are you, are you at all surprised that, uh, at, at least, you know, from the perspective of, of Eagles fans that, that their, their confidence in that team seems to be at such a low point? Uh, I'm not surprised. So that's, that's really how I feel. I think my perspective, you know, isn't from the Eagles side, uh, looking at the Giants thing is I think <laughs> this isn't, this isn't me trolling or trying to roast. I'm just saying I think the bar has been lowered because the Giants have, you know, been through a rough stretch now where it's like, okay, it finally looks like there might be some promise here. They might have hired the right head coach. I think, you know, for, for that to kind of be coming together, then like, okay, there's hope, there's optimism with that. With the Eagles, you know, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that the Super Bowl year was, I don't want to say fluke in terms of like they didn't deserve to win because they did. They absolutely did deserve to win the Super Bowl. Like they were the best team that year. Um, Howie Roseman made a lot of great moves. Doug Peterson was awesome. Carson Wentz was awesome before Nick Foles came in. Like it was a legitimate win. But when you look at it in the scope of the rest of what this front office is doing, it certainly looks like the outlier, especially for Howie Roseman, who has been here as general manager for 10 years now. And it doesn't look like, uh, sustained success is really going to be possible. Like it's, it's been a constant, you know, they just keep getting worse. It's, it's a decline ever since they won the Super Bowl. And I just think a lot of people have lost faith uh, in Howie Roseman and then even Doug Peterson now. And it's a shame because it felt like the team was really set up for success. I know you've mentioned that before on the look ahead even. Um, like you thought this team, you know, coming off the Super Bowl, they were going to be a problem for the NFC East in a long time. And really they should have been. There is no good reason no, they couldn't have done that. And I think that's where a lot of frustration comes from. It's like they had this opportunity to be more and the front office has botched things. The coaching staff has mostly done, uh, they don't deserve as much blame as the front office. I'll put it that way. Um, and then obviously Carson Wentz's regression has been a major factor. So it's just, it's, you know, it's all about expectations with Giants fans. I think the expectations are low and they're exceeding them with Eagles fans. The expectations have been high and they've been coming well short. I won't disagree with that at all when you talk about the bar being lowered for the Giants. I think only one playoff appearance since 2011, uh, you know, six or seven of those seasons have been losing years. Uh, it just hasn't been good. And at the risk of, of tossing out a, a sort of dangerous question for, mm. for a Philadelphia writer, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. If you look at the Giants over the last three or four years, with the exception of, of the 2016 year, which is their outlier when they went 11 yes. and five and made the playoffs, they've been pretty much a train wreck. All right. They've been a train wreck, you know, for four, five, six years now. When you look at the New York Giants from the outside with a new head coach, um, you know, with, with a lot of new personnel, um, a lot of really close losses this year. I mean, do you still from the outside see them as a train wreck or do you see them as a team that, that is getting closer to, to maybe getting this right and getting back on track? So I would say Dave Yettleman is my favorite general manager in the NFL because I have. <laughs> <laughs> the most confidence in him to not make the Giants good. So as long as Dave Yettleman is there, the answer is definitely no. Um, but I'm guessing, you know, the Giants will sadly 
finally move on from him after this season. And, uh, yeah, I think there's enough from Joe Judge to, to, to have, um, hope. I'm not going to say enough to know he's going to be this awesome head coach, but enough to be like, okay, this guy might actually know what he's doing and the players are playing hard from him or for him. There's, there's some hope there. Um, I still think the quarterback has to be fixed. I, I'm not a big Daniel Jones believer. Um, I, I, like, I can kind of see why you can talk yourself into him, like, especially more so with Dwayne Haskins. Like, I just don't get Dwayne Haskins at all. I can't, like, I, I can't talk myself but, into him. I just think but, he's fake. But Dwayne Haskins went to the same high school as Daniel Snyder's son. Isn't that a good reason <laughs> to draft an NFL quarterback? Yeah, of course. You can't question uh, Washington's decision making. <laughs> they, they always have it right down there. But, um, but yeah, you know, Daniel Jones just being the turnover machine that he is, in addition to Carson Wentz being the one he is now. Yeah, I just, I don't have the most faith in Jones. Um, they have to get the right GM, really. That'll be key. Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, they're a little bit better outlook wise than I expected them to be this year, but still not, I wouldn't say leaps and bounds. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk specifically about uh, about Sunday's matchup. Okay, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking with Brandon Lee Gouton of SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation about Sunday's Giants versus Eagles game. So, Brandon, I have to ask you, and I asked you this in your in the five questions that that we exchanged. You know, you made the pick this week of you know of picking the giants to win and i'm not necessarily going to ask you you know why you made that pick because i can understand why i'm just curious how the you know what what the reaction was over at over at bga you to you picking the giants to win yeah i don't think it was the firestorm that you might have expected i i think certainly when you look at the polling results from the post that i did for bleeding green nation um, I use always kind of, I set it up with the line, you know, so I, I put in there, which bet do you like more? Do you like the Eagles at three, the three and a half point favorites or do you like the Giants as, uh, you know, th- getting the 3.5 to cover? And 66%, I believe, voted for the Eagles winning and covering at 3.5. So, you know, a majority of the fan base still believing in the team. But I think part of that has to do with like, by week, there's been time for, for people to kind of talk themselves back into this team. I think we see it at the beginning of every season, Ed, where you kind of look at all those SB Nation React polls like you kind of brought up there. If you look at every team, no matter how bad their might outlook be coming into the season, like let's say the New York Jets, like everyone has confidence. Fans want to believe, and I get it, and that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Fans should want to support their team and have hope, especially in you know a very terrible year by many accounts. Uh, that 2020 is like, I, I get, it, but at the same time, like, I, so my point is that, uh, like you kind of distance yourself from the losing and the bad and you start to kind of like, okay, we have hope again, but I mean, the Eagles were looking terrible, like heading into the bye. They did not look good in the first half. And, and really, you know, like they're 28th in DVOA. They're lower than the giants who are 25th. Like this is a bad football team. Maybe they get healthy. Maybe Carson Wentz turns it around. I can't rule out Doug Peterson getting uh, this team to play their best football in December because he always has them playing their best football in December. I'm not saying there's no reason for hope, but there's, you certainly can't just like dismiss the chances of the Eagles losing this game uh, when they could have very well lost to the Giants in week seven if Evan Ingram doesn't drop that pass. All right, so 
look at this game and, and obviously it was only, you know, three weeks ago that, that these teams played. And I look at this game, people always ask me, you know, what do you think the key matchup is? And, and I always go back to the Giants offensive line, which really, really struggled early in the season, has played much better in recent weeks. I always go back to that group against that really, really good Philadelphia defensive front as, as really, you know, what I think of it as a key matchup, especially allowing the Giants to run the ball, you know, keeping some of the pressure off Daniel Jones, trying to, to, you know, make fewer situations where, where he ends up indecisive and not sure what he wants to do with the ball, which, which tends to turn out badly. Um, you know, for you, is, is there a key matchup in this game? It probably comes down to that, really, because that's the strength of the Eagles team. I mean, they've invested so many resources into their defensive line. They have three defensive tackles making, like, top 20 interior defensive line money. And Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, who, again, may or may not play. We'll see how he progresses this week. And then Javon Hargrave, who was their big free agent signing this offseason, who really hasn't done anything. And now, in fairness to him, uh, he did enter the season injured, but it's pretty disappointing when you make that your premier freeze edition and he kind of just hasn't shown up at all. So maybe he turns it on in the second half. That would be nice to see. Uh, Brandon Graham has been awesome this year. You know, we, we, there always used to be the conversation. This is going back. Brandon Graham, Jason Pierre Paul, the Eagles messed up by not taking JPP. Well, you know, Brandon Graham has pretty, been pretty important to the Eagles here and he's having a career season, um, late in his career here, but he's, he's looking legitimately good. And sure enough, Brandon Graham sealed the Eagles win over the Giants in week seven when he stripped attack Daniel Jones. So, uh, definitely going to need a big performance from the defensive line. It's hard to have confidence in this Eagles offense right now. So I think you're really just going to have to count on the defense to kind of carry the way. And if that's the case, and I think, you know, ter- generating turnovers really and actually getting the, the offense into some favorable positions where usually it's the Eagles defense that gets bad and put in the bad positions by the Eagles offense turning over the ball. It'd be nice to kind of flip that around and give the offense some uh, short fields here. Does the, uh, does the winner or loser of this game in your mind come down to the the simple the simple idea of which one of these two quarterbacks makes fewer boneheaded mistakes I do yeah and I think that's why you know usually it's tough for me to pick the I usually just have a standing policy. I can't pick the Giants to beat the Eagles. Why would I do that when the Eagles are 21 and 4 in the last 25 games? It's eight straight wins. Uh, you know, the all-time series is in favor of the Eagles now, which is crazy because they never let it at any point until last December. Like that's, that blows my mind. Um, yeah. So it comes down to, well, usually too, I can't pick the Giants to win because I'm counting on Daniel Jones to turn the ball over. Like he does. I think I, I wrote to you the stat here in exchange. He's, it's 46 combined fumbles and interceptions in 22 career games played. And if you extrapolate that back to Duke, uh, his college playing days, it's, it's 94 and 56 games. So, you know, turnovers kind of just always seem to be an issue for him. And, uh, you know, it, it could come down to which quarterback is, yeah, it, like, it's not even necessarily who plays better as which one plays less worse and, and can I at least be careful with the ball. And I think that's really what the Eagles need to do here. And it was disappointing to see that 
for the Eagles against the Cowboys because it was like that was kind of the expectation. It wasn't like, okay, Carson Wentz doesn't need to be a hero here. He doesn't need to go all out and be amazing and have, you know, this great game against the Cowboys. Like he just needs to not mess up. And sure enough, he turns the ball over four times. Now they still won. Um, but like that shouldn't be the recipe for success there. He needs to be more careful with the ball. Not then could be finally the game. The Eagles lose to the Giants. And it's been, you know, you, you mentioned some of the numbers. It's been eight straight now that the Eagles mm-hmm. have, have beaten the Giants and, and, you know, throughout some of those losses and even going back a little bit farther, you know, you go, you go back to, to the Deshaun Jackson punt return back that far. And, and I keep shaking my head at some of these things that happen between the Giants and the Eagles. And it's like, you know, how did that happen? Because that's a game that that should have been won by the Giants. And it, it seems to happen over and over. And, and kind of with you, like you did, though, I, I have a little bit of a standing policy of of not picking the Giants to win a quote-unquote big game until they prove to me that they can. And And yet this week I picked them to beat the Eagles – just because I feel like they're, they're on somewhat of an upswing and I feel like, like that time has to come sooner or later when, when a ball bounces the Giants way in the last minute of a game and, or, or somebody makes a catch instead of, instead of dropping a ball or, 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 or a defensive back doesn't blow an assignment and allow a 50 yard completion in the last minute of a game, you know, that, that shouldn't happen or God forbid somebody kicks a 60 yard field goal as time expires to, to mm-hmm. win a game. It's, I just feel like sooner or later the breaks have to go the Giants way in, in, in one of these games. It's almost, it, it, I don't know about you and I, it's a, kind of worked out in your favor, but it's almost inexplicable to me the way some of these things have happened down the stretch of some of these games. Yeah, it's like a law of averages thing. It's like they're due. Like they have to win at some point here. Like it's going to happen eventually, right? Um, yeah, I almost wonder if the Eagles get into these spots in these games where like they're able to come back in part because they like they know they always beat this team. So it's like, oh, we don't need to worry about it. Like they have a confidence. And I wonder if that is in the Giants' heads at some point too. It's like, wow, we can never beat this team. Uh, I don't know if it's a real thing, but it kind of makes me wonder when you look at, you know, the results. But yeah, I'm looking at this as if the Giants want this game more. They need this game more in terms of like, they, sh- I think they're going to be hungrier for this game. Now, you know, you can say whatever, how much does that actually matter? You know, they're, they're professionals, you know, they're all trying hard, but I really think like more than ever, especially after losing that game the way they did in week seven, where they were so close to victory. I mean, the Giants, uh, like, the Eagles only scored ten points in that game for the first fifty-four minutes or so. <laughs> like, right? You know, it was, it back was at the end. What was it? An eleven-point lead with with yes. six minutes to play. Yep. So yeah, I mean, the Giants could have won that game, and I think that's going to be the message. Like, we're so close, and I think you know, you look at how the, the Giants are playing here, and they're playing teams tough, and I just think it could be that time where, you know, they get one over on the Eagles finally here. It's, it, it would be like, you know, a huge deal, I would feel like, at least from the outsider's perspective of Joe Judge, like, okay, we finally got this. It's a signature win for him as a first-year head coach. It's like we finally beat that team we could never beat for – it's been like – I have the number here uh, of the amount of days it's been 
for the since the last time it was back during the 2016 season. But uh, yeah, it, it's like 1,468 days now, or 67 days now since the <laughs> since the Giants have beaten the Eagles, and you know it only that only extend uh, by a lot if the if the Giants don't win this week. So I think this is like finally their time to do it. That's that's insane. I really don't think I wanted to know that number. <laughs> anyway, Brandon, hey, thank you very very much for for stopping by for for chatting Giants Eagles and uh, we'll see how Sunday goes and and we'll see uh you know if, if somebody in this division can can it, can at least get somewhere close to uh, to a 500 record this season. So so thanks again for stopping by. And uh, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.